We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast tuesday december 26 2023 i finally got a whole crew the illuminati has tried to hold us down on the internet but it is the season of giving and the internet gods have given us the internet and let there be internet and let there be happiness with that internet. And the Green Bay Packers have given us happiness in the form, I guess, if you want to call it that, of a 33-30 to 30 victory over the Carolina Panthers. Their playoff hopes remain alive. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Jacob Westendorf. I am your host enjoying a Christmas Eve of football. Watching, I've got three games on at once. The Chicago Bears are currently wrecking the Arizona Cardinals. And the Cowboys and the Dolphins are in what is probably game of the day. So we've got everything going on there. I'm joined by Jacob Morley, as I always am. Jacob, one second, man. Sometimes that's all it takes. Yeah, one second sometimes is all it takes. What a crazy way to win. And I, I mean, we're recording this, you know, within hours of the game being over just because of the Christmas season. Um, at the moment, Joe Barry is still the defensive coordinator. Um, this will come out on Tuesday. So if any news drops on Monday about that, which we'll get into that, uh, you won't get that news here. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you want to say a win is a win, and, and that is true. That is true. They, they keep their playoff hopes alive. But, you know, there's silver linings to take from this game, and we'll get into those as well. But, man, I don't remember feeling this gut-punched after a win in a long, long time. And, yeah. I mean, it's we don't need to rehash it. It's it's just – it's really, really bad. Like, I mean, and, and people are going to point to, you know, the, the end of the game, the fourth quarter, and rightfully so. You know, we all kind of saw it coming. I think we were all kind of in our heads like, yeah, they're going to blow this. They're going to do it. And they're not going to get a stop on a two-point conversion. And like all of your, you know, your irrational fears that you have as a fan, usually those don't come true. And with Joe Barry as your defensive coordinator, they do. And I mean, like, mind you guys, the Packers in the fourth quarter had like a 98% win probability for most of the second half. And then, you know, the two, three and outs, whatever, yada, yada, all that. 
and they just come storming back, you know, just marching down the field, even in with 19 seconds left and needing to go almost the length of the field to get in the field goal range. They do it seemingly pretty easy, really two plays. Um, they got this game came down to Matt LaFleur on Andrews Carlson's field goal attempt, calling it with one second instead of two. Because if he gets a little jumpy and is like, oh, I don't want the penalty. I don't want to risk it. I'm going to call it two seconds, uh, which some coaches do. Uh, they kick a potentially game timing field goal to for the game. Uh, and, you know, let's I guess we can start with the defense. And I think one of the biggest things that stood out to me is the most embarrassing. And there's there's a litany of things you can pick from. But the fourth and one was it fourth and one or third and one, whatever it was, the the 155 pound Bryce Young QB sneak for a first down when there is just, uh, you know, like Devontae White is lined up on like the outside shade and there's nobody in the A gap like Bryce Young got up and was laughing because that is how comical that is. I don't know if that's a Devontae Wyatt problem. I don't know if his alignment was incorrect. I don't know if it was Joe Barry, uh, but it's it, at a certain point, it's the coach, right? It, how do you, how do you line up that formation? If you're listening to the broadcast, they were flabbergasted too. Like, I don't understand why this was the, this was the formation you decided to run on a fourth and one. Like, of course, Bryce Young saw it, took the snap and just fell forward untouched for a yard for a first down. I mean, that's, that's the, the level of incompetence that you're getting from this defense right now where anybody who's called the game defensively, even at the middle school level, like Pop Warner. And, and I don't say that lightly. I don't say that just to like cast stones at Joe Barry, but like it really is sometimes that bad where everybody in the stadium, everybody watching is pointing at it and saying, what are we doing? What? What is this? What are you doing? And then, you know, obviously the the quarterback of the opposing team is going to see that as well. But, you know, I hope in the spirit of Christmas, I hope that Bryce Young sends Joe Barry a Christmas card because he very well may have springboarded his NFL career today. Uh, If you look at Bryce Young's numbers coming into this game, guys, we sat down with our family and had a nice Thanksgiving meal. Time goes by, time goes by, time goes by. Bryce Young has not thrown a touchdown since before then. Before that time. November 19th was Bryce Young's last touchdown pass. I made the joke during the game that Bryce Young, that was his first touchdown pass since the Obama administration. And then later he threw a second touchdown since the Obama. Like, here's the thing. And here's the biggest – because I am almost always on this show and any other platform willing to listen to me of the belief that coordinators, for the most part, just make easy fall guys. However, and that firing a guy in season won't do much to change anything either. However, Tommy DeVito is terrible and has been terrible pretty much any time except when he's played Green Bay. Baker Mayfield is a journeyman. With all due respect, I like Baker more than some people do. Baker Mayfield should not be throwing for a perfect passer rating on the road, regardless. I don't care if he's playing with Randy Moss, Chris Carter, Calvin Johnson, Jerry Wright. Like, I don't care. Shouldn't happen. Did. And then today, I think, is the culmination of the worst of them all. The Panthers' offense is awful. Like, to the point where I made the joke after the opening touchdown drive, oh, game over. Because Carolina can't score. Carolina had not scored 30 points all season. They piled up almost 300 yards passing. They piled up almost 400 yards total. Again, this is a defense allegedly built to stop opposing teams' passing games. Well, nobody's going to confuse Tampa Bay and Carolina and the New York Giants with Tommy DeVito as these elite passing games. 
And I got bad news for you. I know it's Nick Mullins, but Justin Jefferson's coming to town now. Or, well, they're going to Justin Jefferson's town. Whatever. Now they got to cover Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson and maybe Jordan Addison and that Vikings offense, which is pretty damn good. Then they got to play Chicago. Chicago has 21 points before halftime against Arizona. Maybe they found something too. I don't care. And again, we're recording this at 4.30 on Christmas Eve. I don't care that tomorrow's Christmas. I don't care that ultimately I think it doesn't really do much other than give Twitter a scalp. And I've said that a thousand times over too. This cannot continue. And I think that last week saying that they were going to keep him was a second chance. And he did worse with it. Green Bay's defense was worse today than they were a week ago when you consider, because last week you can at least kind of chalk it up, or at least I can invent enough reasons, right? Well, you know, Baker, former number one overall pick, he's at least decent. Mike Evans is a hall of famer. Chris Godwin is awesome. Maybe this Canales guy is going to be a head coach, their offensive coordinator. All of it. None of that was like Adam Thielen and DJ Chark are journeyman receivers at this point of their career. Past their prime guys. Bryce Young has looked like a bomb all season. With all due respect. Trey, of these three, like, I'm I, I basically, is, this has got to be the worst of the three performances in a row, right? 100%. Um, like, it, it really is just baffling what, what has occurred in terms of this defense. Um, you know, something was said earlier about, at this point, it's just pure incompetence. And then you referenced Pop Warner. I'll tell a quick story. So when I started playing football, I'm talking eight years old. We had an offense and built into that offense was if the quarterback, myself or one of, one of my other teammates, um, saw that there was no defender in both A gaps, we literally would just tap the center, wouldn't say a word. They would snap the ball and we would run straight. Oftentimes for 50, 60, 70 yard touchdowns. Now, obviously, you're not doing that in the NFL. But on fourth and one, what's the play? Quarterback sneak. To not have guys in the A-gaps is pure and utter incompetence. Not only that, but at first, I'll blame it on the coach because at this point, it, it just doesn't seem like they have any semblance of reasonable game planning or, or coaching that, that goes on there to, to get guys to play proper defensive techniques or sound schemes. But – what, what are we, 15 games into the season now? Now it's on the players as well because I'm not lining up like that. Now, obviously, you got to respect your coach. You got to respect what they call, whatever, whatever. But it's fourth and one. We're not lining up with no one in the A-gaps. If the D-linemen are in both B-gaps, guess who's in both A-gaps? The linebackers. You do, you do something. You don't just continually do bad things over and over again. Like that. like It's not like it's just, oh, well, that's not my favorite call. No, it's I know these calls are not sound football plays. Um, and that is that is a level that I don't recall ever seeing um, like over and over again in the NFL. Now, obviously, I'm, I'm watching this team more consistently than I have any other single team week to week. Um but this just doesn't happen. I can't recall any point in my football career where it's ever been like this, where I could say literally these defenses are never going to work. And there are 20, 30 plus instances we could talk through right now 
where again and again, you know, as soon as you look at the play, oh yep, yeah, they lost. Mm-hmm. Situation's done. And that that just doesn't happen. Like in any professional industry, let alone sports, it does not happen. Um, and when you have these these coaching staffs getting paid 500, 600, 700,000, a million plus dollars at the coordinator level, that unacceptable. Um, and that's that's where we're at with the defense. It's it's just unacceptable. Well, and the def and anytime, so like you're talking about just knowing before the plays even snap, like, hey, we're not in an advantageous situation. This is not gonna go well for us. Anytime and I think it started, it's just it's we're like my my mind goes to like my subconscious mind when the quarterback drops back and there's not pressure and he does not get sacked, I'm immediately thinking like that's going to be a successful play for the offense. And because, I mean, nine times out of ten, it has been. The only mm-hmm. reason Bryce wasn't cooking in the first half is because he was missing wide open guys. Terrible throw. Right? So he, as soon as he settled in, you knew they're done getting stops. Like, it's just they need to keep scoring. And, you know, the two, three and outs were tough, all that stuff. But, you know, by and large – not by and large, and, and like we can stop talking about the defense because I know it's going to get talked about a bunch, and I don't want to gloss over. I don't want to gloss over how well the young offense played today, even with all the issues. We'll get on the, there. Well, the I wanted to save you that know? for last in the in the name of happiness. Okay, well, if you, got, you got one thing. I, I've got nothing else to say about the defense. You know, I, well. the calls aren't good. It's rough. No, I I just tweeted this because I felt I needed to say it publicly before this would come out. I've said it about a thousand times. I think firing the defensive coordinator at this point doesn't do much other than give Twitter a scalp, which is really all I think they want most of the time when they say fire this dude, because the replacement, like I've, I've seen people say like, I want Jerry Montgomery to be the defensive coordinator. So then he can get fired when the season's over. And it's like, so you want him promoted to then get fired. That doesn't make sense to me, but nonetheless, I don't care. I don't care what if it only if it only solves giving Twitter a scalp. I don't care if that's the only solution. This is something it can't continue. And it shouldn't have continued coming into this season either. The defensive staff should have been replaced after last season. There should have been more replacements on the offensive staff. That's a separate story for a different day. But if the final straw isn't making the league's worst offense look like a really good offense, then I don't know what it is. And yeah, like you said, Morley, the three and outs were tough. The offense did some eh, things in the second half and we'll get to what was a mostly good day for that side of the ball. But this, this team was not supposed to need quote unquote to score 30 plus points to win every week. And now they do like, that's the part that is probably the toughest because as you look around this offense, and this is why, you know, we'll give a lot of kudos to Jordan love, you know, Christian Watson's not playing. And Christian Watson hasn't played since Kansas City at the beginning of the month. So there's your best receiver gone for three weeks. Dontavian Wicks is playing through pain and adding injuries to his list. He missed the second half of today's game. Jaden Reed playing through injuries, adding injuries to his list. Like by the end of the game, Luke Musgrave, lacerated kidney. He's been gone since November. Since the last time Bryce Young threw a touchdown pass, oddly enough. The, the offense by the end of the day was down to Romeo Dobbs and practice squatters and backups. Like Bo Melton was the team's third leading receiver today. He was on the practice squad. He's a practice squad elevation. Tucker Kraft was a backup tight end that 
two months ago, people were arguing was the worst player on the 53-man roster, which now obviously he is not. Kudos to Tucker Craft. We'll get to him in a minute too. But this offense wasn't supposed to have to do that. And now they do, and they have to do it as they're shorthanded. And even they're doing that, you know, their backfield situation, for example, Jones is playing and he looks healthy and that's good. And he was one of their best players today. AJ Dillon's got a broken thumb. They're rotating offensive linemen, you know, so on and so forth. The defense has not held up its end of the bargain. It hasn't held up its end of the bargain for a decade. Like, I know that I'm not here to sing sad stories for Aaron Rodgers, but the defense was mostly terrible when he was here. And it's mostly terrible now that Jordan Love is here. And the only saving grace it allegedly had was its points per game. Well, guess what? They're falling further in that regard. And after you give up 30, that's like giving up 60 to a good offense. It's a problem. And it's not a problem that's going to be solved this year. But I'm at a loss. I don't even – if you can't stop the Panthers, I don't know what you're going to stop. But we'll move forward to the offense because the offense was the good part of the day. So if if the defense is coal in your stocking, so to speak, here are the presents under the tree – that you have been waiting for. And the first thing I've got to say, and I, I don't know that I fully acknowledged this publicly. Jordan Love is this team's quarterback of the future. And I know there were articles that came out this week that said, like, maybe they should wait or, you know, make sure that they don't get into a Daniel Jones situation. Some people took a Jalen Hurts contract conversation out of context and said, get into that kind of situation. But he's a guy, man. And, and I know today's numbers, 17 to 28, 218 yards, three total touchdowns. It's not, you know, the sexy numbers that everybody loves, but I thought he was a high-level player. And by the end of the game, like I mentioned, you know, I did a pass catcher power rankings this week. Bo Melton is not on that list because he's on the practice squad. Malik Heath is seventh. Sorry, I didn't mention him earlier. Romeo Dobbs, I ranked sixth, and Tucker Craft and Luke Musgrave, I ranked in the same crew. But those were his primary pass catchers by the end of the game, and he put together a drive to win the game. And, you know, that's something that it's hard to learn how to do that, and and Green Bay has been able to do that this year in in terms of putting together. Jordan Love, I think, has three game-winning drives this season alone, Saints, Chargers, and then today. So that's a big deal, I think, as far as fourth-quarter game-winning drives. But I think – there's no questions at this point. You know, there might be some games, like you said, at the at the jump here, Morley, where you go, oh, what the hell was that? Like, he might have games like that, but I think there's going to be more good than bad. And this year, through, what, 15 games? Even with a stretch where I thought there was some really, really bad stuff, there was more good than bad. Trey, I know this is a dangerous question because your brother's on the team and you've got <laughs> popular people on the old, the old app, but where are you at just personally, yourself, for – watching him progress from week one to now. When you have a 365-day-a-year podcast, you need to have the energy and the health to be able to provide that content every single day of the year. When I'm not feeling the best, whether that be due to illness, gut health, or low energy, it's hard to focus, and it's hard to be efficient with my work. Everything is just slower, and everything becomes such a grind. That's why I started drinking AG1 daily. When I started drinking AG1, I could legitimately feel a difference in my energy, and I noticed I was becoming sick far less often. That's because AG1 is a foundational nutritional supplement that supports your body's universal needs like gut optimization, stress management, and immune support. 
Since 2010, AG1 has led the future of foundational nutrition, continuously refining their formula to create a smarter, better way to elevate your baseline health. I recommend AG1 to all my family and friends because AG1 has a team of doctors and scientists and because it is formulated based on the latest science while maintaining their high quality standards. AG1 is the supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash packaday. That's drinkag1.com slash packaday. Check it out. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. This year, our family had a few different ways that we did gifts for the holidays. We did some traditional presents, we donated to a variety of charities, and we planned a fun trip for the entire family. Of course, I may have snuck a gift for myself in there during the process as well, but whether or not your family gives gifts during the holidays, you still get to define how you give to yourself. A great way to do that is by giving yourself the gift of therapy. Therapy is powerful. It works and strives to make us the best versions of ourselves and work out the kinks of the everyday daily grind that can continue to beat us down. And during the holiday season, it's really easy to become unaligned with all the regular daily stress, plus the rigors and anxiety that come with the holiday season. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. My favorite part about BetterHelp is that it's entirely online, which makes things so incredibly convenient, and that it's flexible and can be suited to your own unique schedule. In this season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash packaday to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash packaday. Hey there. I'm sure you've heard a ton about daily fantasy sports, but I'm here to tell you that you've never experienced anything quite like prize picks. With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three points made plus receptions. Even more fun yet? Do you want to play alongside some of Prize Picks' favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz? You can now find community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the prize picks community each week. I've had so much fun making prize picks a part of my daily fantasy sports routine. They cover all of my favorite sports, have a ton of variety and different options to choose from, and the player choices are immense. I even had a fun J.K. Scott selection the other day for the Chargers game. I recently had a big win on Saturday morning in a London game, and it just made the viewing experience so much more enjoyable. It's fun, it's exciting, it's easy, and there's a level of creativity and uniqueness about it that I really, really enjoy. So go to prizepicks.com slash packaday and use code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash packaday using code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. I mean, to be honest, I think right now today he's he's a 40 to 45 million dollar a year quarterback. Um, you, you referenced the Daniel Jones contract. Daniel got that off of essentially piggybacking on a, on a good defense and Saquon Barkley getting them to a, a playoff game. Um, Jordan has shown just in, in this season alone that he has significantly more potential uh, than Daniel Jones or, you know, similar guys who are in that price range. And he, his floor is also a lot higher. So, you know, the, the fact of the matter is, is, is Jordan can be whatever he wants to be. Um, it's about how, how much of that consistency can he tap into? Um, 
you know, at, at times, yeah, is it frustrating? But we also forget that this is his first full year starting. No matter how many years of experience he had, it's different when you're the guy in the game running the running the show every single snap. Ross Uglum. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so he's 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 shown that he has what you need and and he can carry a franchise. Um, now, thankfully, he's a forty to forty five million dollar guy because. If he was already like a true budding star and an all pro type candidate this year, he'd be a 50 to $55 million guy. And then the Packers would be screwed. So uh, lock him in right now while it's safe, man. Um, so, Somewhere in that mid 40 range, lock him in for a good four years. You got a, a whole weapons core of receivers and running backs on rookie deals. Um, you know, you, you can figure running back out. Seems like every every year running back is figured out a different way by all the top teams in the league. So um, handle the quarterback while you can. I'll, that's that's where I'm at on Jordan Love. Lock, lock him in and then build your franchise around him um, because you have a lot to work with. You have a ton of potential. And, you know, as crazy as it sounds, man, you know, you talk about the, the Favre to A-Rod transition it seems like the A-Rod to love transition is starting off on the same path. Like after everything that's happened, after all the, the downs in there, what was it like three or four straight losses, having Christian injured so much, having Aaron injured so much, the rest of the receiving core, Luke being injured. We're, we're still talking about a playoff run. Even, even after the, the terrible two game stretch we had and, and went barely winning against Carolina today, after all of that, we're still talking about a potential playoff berth for this football team. And a lot of that rightfully so, is because of Jordan Love. So that's where you're at. Um, pay the man and and keep moving forward. That's that's where I'm at with Jordan Love. Yeah, just so I, I believe the rule is that they cannot do that until May or something. There's a mm. time frame to where they can't do that extension. But I do Which imagine. Which is weird to me because contracts can be ripped up typically. But yeah. Yeah, uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll find out. We'll find out this offseason. Maybe they want to do it that way. But like everything, Jacob, you're saying and everything Trey is saying, like I'm in lockstep with. I mean, you're there's there's no question anymore that he is the guy that, you know, for the next three to four years, you're just expecting is going to be the starting quarterback with with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I'm old enough to remember his first year as a starter. And it was a lot of the same. It was a lot of, wow, this guy could be special. Oh, maybe not. Oh, wow. Maybe he could be special. Oh, maybe not. It was kind of that roller coaster type first year starter stuff. And we're seeing a lot of it from Jordan again. And you have to let these things play out. Like Jacob said, like we know he's a good player, but how good can he be? Right. How, how good can he be? I think he's a top 12 quarterback in the NFL. You know, and that's and that's someone that or and I guess I should say top. I think he is good enough to be able to surround with and and build a Super Bowl caliber team. Like I think they're there right now with him. You know, how much better can he get moving forward? That's going to be really what we figure out with him in the next three to four years. And that's really what we figured out with Aaron after a few years when, you know, a, a lot of people forget, but man, the year they won the Super Bowl, they hardly made the playoffs. And then he just got hot and then stayed hot for like a decade. Uh, and so you never know when that light might come on for Jordan and maybe it never does. I know uh, the the guy that we're easily comparing him to, and I think is a pretty seamless uh, fit as far as comparisons and people love comparisons is Matt Stafford. And if, if you tell me right now that Jordan love is going to have a Matt Stafford career outside for that, 
absolutely. Sign a guy that's thrown for five thousand yards in this league, a guy that's won a Super Bowl. Um, so long as that Super Bowl is in Green Bay, is right Green Bay <laughs> before they trade him. And that's but that's what I would you know people are like yeah, but the Lions sucked with Matt Stafford. Maybe yeah, but what does Matt Stafford look like in an organization like Green Bay for his career? You know, I don't. I, I think that's a fair question and something you have to consider as well. But with with Jordan, you know, it's like at this point, I think today or I guess Sunday was, I think, his second or third best game of the year. And a lot of that, it weighs on like, yeah, the Detroit game, he was nails. The Kansas City game, he was nails. They were healthy in those games, too. And that's what it looks like when Jordan's playing like this with their top tier talent, you know, on the field with him. Today, they didn't have those guys. Like, all due respect to Bo Melton. Bo Melton's not Christian. You know, all due respect to uh, Toure and Malik Heath. They're not Dontavian Wicks. They're not Jaden Reed. Like, those guys are not out there with them. He got some help from Aaron Jones, which is huge. But the biggest thing with quarterback, and I think the biggest thing you got to think about when you're paying a quarterback is, is he going to drag the guys along when you need them to? And that's what we saw out of him today. Like, he drugged this offense to a 33-point performance. And I know the I know the Panthers are bad. Their defense is not terrible, and it hasn't been all year. Their defense has been okay, which you know putting up thirty three points and, and even so, putting thirty three points up on anyone in the NFL is it's it's not a, it's not an easy task. I mean, for goodness sakes, you know Joe Barry just gave up thirty, you know, and that's how bad they are. And they put up thirty. They're feeling good about that, but I mean, that's the questions are answered as far as I'm concerned. And like what Trey was saying is like he's going to get a contract this off season. Uh, He's got nothing but inexpensive skill guys around him right now. I think there's a question to be had about what do you want to do with Aaron Jones. There's a question to be had about what do you want to do with A.J. Dillon. I think the offensive line is in a pretty good spot, actually. I think they have uh, they have good veterans. I think they have some young prospects that are worth developing still. You know, uh, Rasheed Walker being one of them. I think that's going to be a really interesting topic of discussion this offseason. You know, what do they do at that left tackle spot? But those are questions that we will have plenty of time to answer um, this off season. So all in all, it's going to be a Merry Christmas. I mean, the gift, the biggest gift that we could have gotten from this season is, is Jordan Love the guy that you want to build around? And I think the answer to that is unequivocally yes. And that's the part that's been, you know, the most difficult thing to keep in perspective as this season has gone along because they beat Kansas City and they beat Detroit. We're talking playoffs and could they make a run? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, there were legitimately people saying, like, could they play on championship Sunday? if they get the right matchups in the postseason and all that good stuff. And now obviously that's not, I mean, maybe, but that's probably not going to happen. Right. The perspective of the season coming into the year though, was if you find out whether the quarterback is the guy or not. And I feel like they have, and I think you made the good point Morley. like this game reminded me of not quite the same, but Arizona in 2021 where Devonte was out with, with COVID and Rogers was basically trying to make chicken salad out of, Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, and just Marcos Valdez Cantling didn't play that night either. Like, just dudes, you know, trying to play receiver and score points that way. Uh, they were able to do that. Today was kind of like that, not quite that way because he had Wicks for at least the first half, enough to throw a touchdown to him and everything like that. But I think that's the part that is the most exciting to me is as I was going, like, I was going through my pass catcher rankings that I made and like, now, Watson hasn't played a whole heck of a lot, but you finally started to see that talent and that player that showed up last year to start coming through for them. If they can get that back, that's a big deal. Jaden Reed is a stud. I think that that, is, that has been proven. And Dontavian Wicks is awesome too. And the guy who made the biggest play of the game today 
is Romeo Dobbs, who I didn't even mention yet. And like, there's still value for someone like him to be on the team. Say what you will about the controversial catch. Adam Thielen apparently cried about it after the game, which seems about par for the course for a former Viking to do something like that. But I think the other guy I want to talk about uh, as far as everything goes is Tucker Craft, uh, because I did mention at the jump, there were actual discussions about whether or not uh, he was like one of the worst players on the roster. And he has been today. Dobbs makes that catch, right? And then Kraft makes a play where it's kind of in trap. Trey, you kind of, I think you texted both of us and were like, that might be like the, I don't remember your exact phrasing, but like one of the best plays of the game or one of the best plays of his career or something. That is not an easy catch that he made. And it was catch and run, which is something Green Bay doesn't have a lot of. So with Kraft's ability to make plays like that, he's finding more and more opportunities to make plays down the field. Yeah, I mean, I think he he's just showing that he's a he's a true do it all tight end. Um, he can he can get grimy. He can put his hand in the dirt. He can be physical. Um, he has that edge that you want out of your like your true tight end guy, the guy you can line up anywhere and ask him to do anything. You can ask him to block Nick Bosa. You can ask him to to run a seam over the middle of the field and know he's going to get hit, kind of like the the catch you referenced. Um, it was in a tight window. He knows he's going to get hit. Not only does he he make the catch, he ends up getting up the field, breaks some tackles, and gets some yak. Like those are those are guys you can you can do anything with. And there's not a ton of those true tight end guys in the league, man. I mean, you're talking about George Kittle with San Francisco. You're talking about uh, Ferguson is becoming like that with the Cowboys. Hawkinson has has done that since he got traded. Um, he's taking that next step, like. Those true tight end guys, just there are just not very many of them. Um, and to be able to have that guy who who compliments Luke when he gets healthy and gets rolling, that's a one-two punch at the tight end position that you can do so much with for for a really long time. Um, because I mean, we we see the value. All the all the best offenses in the NFL have a guy at tight end who can who can be a difference maker on on any given any given play. Um, all the recent Super Bowl teams you'll think of have that guy. And potentially we have two of them who can do complementary things. That's just – that's great to have. It's, it's just another another layer of, of what is great pieces to work with in, in this young offense. Um, and I think Kraft's very rapid ascension um, is, is going to bode really well, you know, down the line. Yeah, and that is another – you know, point that you're making as far as those two guys together. Selfishly, I know there's only two games left, but selfishly, I want to see Musgrave come back and just see what what do they do? What does that look like when both of those guys are able to play and contribute? Because both mm-hmm. guys have been on the field at the same time, but Kraft hasn't had this these opportunities and this confidence that he's had on the field. Another thing it does is it just adds to the formational diversity that this team can add. You know, one thing that Green Bay had with like their 2020 offense that they were able – to do really well was they played in run formations that they were able to throw out of and passing formations that they were able to run out of. Now Green Bay doesn't quite have that this year. Their run game has certainly been disappointed today. For example, Aaron Jones, shout out first hundred yard rusher of the season. It's week 15. Like that is not a, a strong suited running game that Green Bay has had this season, but having those two tight ends put together that way, I think it bodes well for Green Bay down the stretch. We'll see if they can get Musgrave back. He was designated for return 
from injured reserve, but there's no timetable or anything like that. Just in theory, he could be activated the next couple of weeks. But Green Bay will play in Minnesota at US, U.S. Bank Stadium. Uh, their season theoretically on the line with uh, that game on that night. We don't know the scenarios. We don't know the situations yet, but it's hard to envision the Packers being able to take another loss and go home. Green Bay has not won in Minnesota since the season opener in 2020. They have not won at U.S. Bank Stadium with fans in the stands since 2019, the Zadarius Smith game, for those of you that remember uh, that particular night just before Christmas. But we're out of time. Jacob Morley bailed early. I guess he said he didn't want his food to get cold, which is hard to argue with him there. I hope your guys' uh, Christmas, if you celebrate, was incredible. If not, enjoy uh, just some time off that you guys have with everything like that. And we'll see you guys next week as the Packers take on the Vikings. See you then. Enjoy your time. And go Pack. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.